0: Hi, gorgeous. Welcome to episode number 15 with the wonderful Dondi Scumachi.
1: Hello, this is Dondi Scumachi. You're listening to Heart Cells with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy.
0: Before we dive into the interview, gorgeous, make sure you check out the seven day free challenge to ask for the sale with confidence. You find the sign up page at slash challenge. And now let's dive in. Dondi Skomaci is an international speaker known for her high energy presentations that produce dramatic results. She's also a best-selling author and she has presented her workshops and keynotes all over the globe, like in the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, South Africa, so just that you get an idea. And today she is presenting with us and I'm so super excited for this conversation because we already have found out that we have a lot of things in common and I am super pumped to share her amazing wisdom with you. So welcome Dondi. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Wonderful. Um, You know, we just uh, talked about your amazing bio and uh, your new book uh, that uh, just is out there, um, Career Moves. Um, You've done so many wonderful things in your life to empower people to actually live their life the way they want it. Um, Because one thing you say is grow is about a life well lived. And um, I would like to start here for the listeners. Um, is there anything of you or an aspect uh, in your expertise that um, we are not aware of?
1: I think that I you know my work, the work that I've, that I've put together over the years, probably comes from this place of I think I lived for a long time in my career taking pretty good care of the things that were put on my plate, but I wasn't reaching for things intentionally, right? So I was very responsible and I was dependable and quite successful. It it wasn't until much later that I figured out that I could design it, right? I could design a life that was really... um, suited to me, my strengths, my passions, right? My interests, my values. And that's when I started to explore, right? How do you empower people? But I would say that most of what I have put together, most of what I've learned, I've, I've, I have experienced. It. So for example, recently someone wrote a thank you note to me uh, for a, the, the, a book that I had written and and they had read it. And and, and the comment was, I found some power in that, in that book. She said, I was surprised at how low my confidence was I didn't even realize it so maybe maybe the expertise comes from the experience right of being in that place where you're not feeling super confident or you you aren't you you aren't designing a path or you aren't connecting as you would say managing the value uh, so that other people so that it resonates with other people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally, that so totally resonates with me. (laughs) And um, I know many people that are listening today are already entrepreneurs or they are thinking about being an entrepreneur um, and trying to figure out how can we make this work. And a very big issue is asking for what you truly want. And especially when you have a business, you need to ask for the sale, or you need to make an invitation to a sale. Um, so how is your experience? Because you know you, you seem so confident and so self-assured. Um, have you always been that way, or was it something that you learned and that you developed in your life?
1: I love that question. And the answer is no. I have not always been so self-assured and so confident. And you you know what? Sometimes I'm still not, right? Sometimes I still feel like I I lose my step a bit and I have to step back and take that deep breath and remember who I am and remember the value that I drive. So a little bit of it I think is about giving yourself emotional permission I, I in, in my second book uh, grow and also in my first one design for success, I talked about the beliefs that limit us and that's an exercise that I think every human and especially people who are moving in that entrepreneurial path need to really step back and say what what do I believe? that is empowering me and what do i believe that's limiting me and you know when i really did that searching and that exploring with my own belief system of what i believed about myself about my ability my capability my value i certainly did find some empowering beliefs that really fueled me and gave me that confidence to step out and to take some risks but i also found some significant beliefs that limited me and one of those i you know i often joke about it i i have the uh, uh, the approval seeking gene in my body, and I think a lot of people I want people to be pleased I want them to be over the top pleased with my effort right I, I want them I, I want top spin on the ball, I never wanted it to be mediocre, and so I would be constantly monitoring the reactions of everyone else in fact if i if I got the feeling that someone was displeased or didn 't approve, I would start to perform. Harder, work harder. And what I realized was, is that I, I I was really that whole self monitoring, getting all up in my own head was actually becoming a barrier. And I had to take that belief. And, you know, it is important for people to approve of you. And I had to turn that into, it is important to make an impact because it's not about you at all. It's about them. It's about, yeah. the, it, it's about the value that you're delivering. And if you make it about yourself, you're going to get all up in your own head. Absolutely. So I also think, you know, you, you, you remind me of um, something that I've really been working on recently. I, I ride a horse. His name is Fortunato. And Fortunato is uh, a, a rescue horse that is is, is becoming kind of fancy uh, in dressage. And uh, I, uh, when his trainer rides him, he's very very fancy when I write in, not so much yet, but I'm getting better. And I, and I remember, you know, not too long ago, I was in a, in a lesson with my instructor and, 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 you know, he, he would throw his shoulder, he'd, you know, swing his hip out. We looked, Drunk. We did. We looked like we were drunk. We couldn't walk in a straight line, and and he wasn't really um he wasn't picking up on my like cues. And she said the problem is is that you've not developed a core where you're stabilized to where you you're, you're reacting to everything that he's doing. So when he slips a shoulder out, then you push on that shoulder, and then he slides the other way. You know, you're just reacting and reacting and reacting, and then counter reacting, and the two of you are just bouncing off of each other like. Like a pinball, she said. What if you were to create a core? What if you were to create this stable core, and no matter what he's doing, you hold your core, you keep inviting him back into that space, that more productive space. You stop reacting to it, and you just find your own stability so that no matter what's going on around you or under you in this example, you are stabilized. And it was Amazing, and as I in in, in, from, from a horse riding perspective, it was amazing at the difference that it made. But I started thinking about that in our own lives as entrepreneurs what if we were to create such a core? Uh and when I say core, that 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 you know to stabilize ourselves in the moment, in those highly evaluative moments, in those moments when we're asking for the business, in those moments where we might not be feeling super confident, what if we had already created a core and what would that look like? It would be a set of decisions that you make. So for example, for an entrepreneur, it might be uh the decision I make is that I am worth the the money that I charge, right? I'm giving value. There's an exchange there. And that's a fair exchange. That's a decision, right? Or maybe your core is some of the disciplines, the things that you do every single day, whether you feel like it or not, right? So decisions and disciplines and then skills. And as you build that, you'll find that uh, your, your core becomes established. And then even in the most challenging situations with most challenging customers or scenarios, you, you find yourself just sitting up a little taller and being a little more certain of yourself.
0: Hmm, that's beautiful, I love it. Especially the piece, charging your worth. Because I have experienced so many heart-centered people um, especially coaches or creatives or light workers, healers who have such amazing gifts, but when it actually comes to ask for what they want, like what kind of energy exchange, what kind of money they scramble. <laughs> mm-hmm. They kind of choke when they make their offer or they lose momentum. Um, so how could they start to develop that core for themselves? Like what, what would be a little decision they could make today when listening now that would have an impact on future conversations with clients?
1: I love that question. So, and I think, I think we can all as entrepreneurs relate to it. As I was telling you, as we're chatting before we started today, the, the, uh, the podcast, I remember when I first started speaking, I was a banker in, in my background, and I stepped out of banking to become a consultant and a speaker, and I was brand new to the whole thing. And I I I had so much to learn and there was a lot of fear in that too. You know, that was, you know, going from, you know, being an executive of a, of a national bank to being a consultant, which is just code for unemployed, really. I mean, let's just say it like it is. Right. Uh, And I, and I did that uh, intentionally. It was a choice that I made because I decided I wanted to design a different life, but I remember uh, not, not knowing what to charge, right? And I would I was speaking a lot for free. I would speak to the, the the clubs, right? The you know the business groups and the networking groups for free, and people really enjoyed it. But you don't you don't live your life for free. So I viewed that as being okay. There's a season where you can practice, you can hone your craft, you can develop uh, a, some some referrals, right? You can get your name out there. Uh, but over time, and I, I love this advice from a, a friend of mine and a, a wonderful author. Author and speaker, very talented man, Mark Sanborn. He uh, wrote the book called The Fred Factor among many others, but The Fred Factor is really um, one of those that stands out in the crowd of his books. And, and uh, I, I asked him, I picked up the phone and called him at someone's recommendation. And I said, you know, what, I don't know what to charge. And his advice was just so brilliant. He said, you charge whatever you can say without stuttering or blinking. <laughs> And then, as soon as that becomes comfortable, you double it, and you just keep doing that, right? And and and, and it sounds like frivolous, but I really—it started out at a very low number. It did. It started, but I could say it without stuttering. And then once I got comfortable with that, so maybe a part of the advice is there's probably two two uh, sides of this advice. One is get used to speaking without apologizing or defending or justifying here is that here is the fee for my service right here's what i charge and then stop don't, don't, you know, because so, sometimes I think we use uh, fillers, like, oh, uh, you know, I'm just, or, you know, this is just, or, you know, I'm not really too sure. No, it's here is the, the price that I charge for my services. And then I would also say, back that up, with and, and here's the benefit and the value that you'll receive for that, right? So it is an exchange. I love what you said, an exchange of energy, an exchange of value. So no apologizing for your pricing, n- no of backing away from that, it is just, this is what the price is. But I also think that it's um, it, it the, the other side of that equation beyond getting just comfortable with saying it without apologizing is also to really then focus on the value that, that you're, de- you're delivering, not on the price. So when I was in, in, in banking, I used to, when I, and I was involved in the sales functions, I was in charge of the sales force for the bank. And one of the things I used to tell people is that, you know, our customers will, you know, they will always pay for value perceived, right? So, you know, they will, they will pay what they perceive the value is. So if there's a price issue, let's talk about the value. But let's not talk about the money. Let's talk about the value because that's really where the conversation um, should, should live, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I totally agree. So um, the challenge many people have, and I, I'm quite sure you would agree, is that seeing your own value for something that comes so easy to you so natural putting a price tag on it is quite a challenge when you start your own business when you have to ask for somebody else like for a company and i used to work in high ticket uh, event sales over the phone for a long time that was a price that was it right so you just ask for it but then when you change and become an entrepreneur It's really a little, cha- well, little for some, a big challenge, but it was a little challenge for me at the beginning to find out where do I want to start? What mm. can I ask for? So how do you, um, you, started, you, you said you started out at a smaller price. Um, how did you back yourself up and got clarity of what you actually delivered?
1: you know i think that it started to happen for me because i started to receive the uh the uh, thank yous and the here's here I, I put this into practice and here's what it meant to me the stories of success where i started to see in in living color the difference that i actually was making the impact that i was having and i and 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 i realized that you know i i really want to back up for a second and say i appreciate so much what you just said sometimes when something is our natural natural gift. Maybe, and it comes very easy for us. Um, maybe then we tend to undervalue that. But really, I, I think that kind of gets back to that core is to realize what is really easy for you, uh, what, what what comes naturally for you is not natural for everyone else, right? So it's really then kind of connecting back with, uh, again, the value that you are you are delivering. But also, I think some of it is just how we talk to ourselves. It's what we say to ourselves. Like, the neuro. Linguists tell us that 70% of our self-talk is negative. We beat ourselves up all day long from the inside out, right? So it's really hard to then go out and be super dynamic with other people uh, when we're beating ourselves up from the inside out. So, you know, when I talk about identifying those limiting beliefs, you, this is another example of that. Where are you limiting yourself? And, and I think that some of this is a pure negotiation or influence gets back to that idea of it is an exchange of value right mm. that it is an exchange if you start to see it more as an exchange of value and making sure that the value that you receive is it is on par with the value that you give right and 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 so doing some doing some introspection some reflection around that and really being able to speak to the value of what you deliver not the product that you deliver, but the difference your product makes. And I think sometimes we just talk about ourselves in the wrong way. Like I, I see the LinkedIn profiles all over the place. And if you review hundreds of those, you'll see it's my name, it's my title, it's my position, it's my company. Uh, that's not what you do, right? That, that's not the impact. So we're so busy talking about our, our title or our our position versus the difference we make, the impact we have. Um, And I think if we could really center on that, and it probably goes back to that core to be so in touch with the value that you create and, and and you're so able to tell that value story, that at some point with practice, and by the way, that's that's part of the core too. It's just practice. When I talked to you about the the, the writing, that didn't happen in one lesson. It wasn't just one time. She said, "What if you were to strengthen your core?" I started doing exercises. I started practicing every single day. Uh, and and you know what was very interesting is when I would straighten myself up, it was actually it felt awkward. I felt uncomfortable because I was not used to that kind of posture. And now I feel uncomfortable if I'm slouching, right? So it was muscle memory. It was practice. It was exercise. It might be standing in front of the mirror, right? In your, in your home and delivering that price, that quote uh, with the benefit and the value, not blinking, not flinching, right? Uh, So some of this is just about sheer practice. You, you, do it so many times that it starts to feel more natural for you and that may take a little while especially if you're uncomfortable at the beginning but I promise you if you practice it over time it it will not be so now when someone calls me or they email to say will you uh you know what would your fee be I'm I'm happy to my my comment is always I'm happy to share my fee structure with you before I do that I'd like to talk about what you're trying to accomplish right I want to make sure that that this is the, the, the right, that we're not just talking about money, but we're talking about value. And I'll actually say that. I'd rather talk about value first, then we can decide on the money, right? So, so I think that, that that is a language that people speak as well. One last thing too, is if you're searching for those limiting beliefs, here's a little exercise. For one week, write down, keep a log of your self-talk. If you don't know what those beliefs are, I promise you, for one week, you kind of keep track of what are you saying to yourself. You're going to find some empowering beliefs like "I'm really worth this," "I bring value," "My strengths and my skills are specialized and they are they are they are well developed." Right? Uh, I have invested in my skill set. I have invested in in in, in my trade. Right? Uh, and, and you'll you'll hear some also probably limiting beliefs. Is that that too much was that good enough? Am I good enough? Right. So I think that to some degree, it's really about doing some of that reflective work to say, "What am I believing about myself?" Because if if you don't believe you're worth it, I don't believe you're worth it. That's the bottom line of it. You you know. And so if there's any part of you that's wondering, "Ooh, am I worth that?" That's where you start. Because yes, you are. You absolutely are worth it.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And and guys, just that you know, Dondi has an amazing, amazing program. It's called Mentor in a Box because we both have mentors and have had coaches forever. So we can get to our next level. We can craft the gifts, make it better, add more value. And that would be a really cool uh, way for you to Join her mentorship um, by Mentor in a Box. I'm going to put you in uh, the link in the show notes, so make sure you do check that out. Um, exactly. What I would like uh, to ask you, Donny, when you talk about the value, so you don't you don't answer the price question right away, because with so many people come and the first question they have is basically what does it cost um and they from the mindset here that's already like a scarcity mindset because it's not what do i need um and then what do i receive right yeah Yeah. yeah then i figure out the money part it's like what does it cost and talking about cost like all the time i i have had people in my life earlier on before i made sure my environment was more supportive um that always talk, well, you know, this costs this much. And then I, I, I don't know, I got these beautiful shoes (laughs) and it it was like, there was always a price tag. Um, so I had this conversation actually. Um, I was like, I, it it doesn't matter. Like it's a value, like, what are you getting out of it? So when you just set the exercise where people can have the self-talk, lock and see their limiting beliefs or their beliefs in general, like a person that permanently talks about prices of things has probably a money challenge. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that's, I think that that's insightful, what you just said. And I know that there have been times in my life where, uh, and by the way, if I, I believe human beings are a little bit like this. If I, if I can find the value in it, I'm going to find a way to pay for it. Yeah. Right. If there's, if the value resonates enough that I'm going to find a way to pay for it, I will not let the price of something keep me from having that value in my life. And it's not really even about stuff, but maybe an experience or, you oh, know, yeah. maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a, a, cause I tend to be a little bit of a minimalist in, in terms of, I don't n- need more stuff, but I do want to learn and I want to grow. And, you know, sometimes people say, how much does it cost to have a horse? People always ask and you know what I say? All of it. It costs all of it. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not yeah. But the value that I receive from that experience and what I'm learning about myself and about, you know, just about growth and taking risks and being brave and having some courage and stretching yourself. There's n- no price that can be placed on it. What we pay for something is. Is important up to the point of are we are we receiving the value in return? So I really do um, you know when people would say well how much do you charge you know I think we have to get ready with uh, I, I, with maybe some of our scripts right I could acknowledge that I could say you know what you pay for the services that you receive is important in my experience the value is the thing that really counts so let's talk about what you're trying to create let's talk about what you're what, what you're trying to accomplish through this the impact that you're trying to have because I want to make sure that, and I I will tell you, I want to make sure that that exchange of money to value is something you feel great about, right? Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the value and let's make sure that when we get to the money part of it, that exchange is not only appropriate, but it's something that, um, that, that, makes a lot of sense for you. So I I, I like having our scripts ready. In sales, I used to, when I was managing sales and and, and sales folks, I would often say we would have what we would call an objections lab. And we would would write down every possible objection that a customer might have to the price, your rates are too high, your fees are too high, uh, whatever that might be. And we would develop a we would develop a response and, and we would, we would write that response out. And it was amazing uh, the experience I had. And, and by the way, the format that we use, we would always acknowledge the objection or the price question or the concern. And it might sound like what you pay for the services is very important, of course, right? That's just the acknowledgement. But then we would respond with something that, you know, let's take a look at the the value over time, let's take a look at the impact that this will have so that we can make sure that price is reasonable for you. How does that sound? So the format is acknowledge, respond, and then ask another question to keep the, you know, the flow of things going on. Well what's really interesting about that process is that these salespeople that I that I work personally with, we we would have these objection labs all of the time. And they became so good, not that they were ever reading the script, but just by by the fact that they had as a group collaborated and formulated these responses it just it was just natural for them and literally there was nothing that a customer could say that would stop them they were just so comfortable and so competent uh, with their offerings it was they were they were wildly successful so in this organization I, I had a couple of the other my colleagues and peers saying could you after hearing about this discipline, there's that core thing again, being ready for those objections. uh, They said, could you type out those responses and then send them to everybody in all of the the branches? Of course, we're happy to share. Uh, But what I realized was that, you know, as a a sales manager, when I would go into the branches and I would hear a customer objecting to a fee or, or this was my favorite, um, saying, I'd like to close my account. And I would hear, okay, you know, wait a second, there's a script for that. But what I realized was that if you weren't doing the heavy lifting of really thinking through, how would I acknowledge that? How would I respond to that? What's a question that I could ask to keep the conversation moving and guide the conversation? Unless you were involved in the process of creating those responses, it was just a hollow script. It it, 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 it doesn't work to just hand that to someone. So really, um, that's just a very tactical practical takeaway is to make sure that you have brainstormed and, and developed a response, a quality response for every objection that you, that you ever could encounter. Um, and the confidence that you feel when you're just ready. Maybe you'll never hear those objections. That's fine too. But knowing that you're ready in case that does come up, um, that's a confidence builder. Preparation.
0: What a great interview. I just loved the idea that you really just sit down and then you think about all the objections and questions your customer could have. And this leads to clarity and clarity leads to focus. And what we focus on expands. So if you're ready to expand your business, your revenue, if you're ready to serve more people, that is such a beautiful way to go. Thank you so much, Dondi, for sharing all your wisdom with us today. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. And for you gorgeous, make sure you sign up for the seven day free challenge to ask for the sale with confidence. You will dive into seven days, you and I, with trainings, with support, so you can sell from your heart, with ease, grace, confidence, and on your terms. Hop on over to christineschlansky.com slash challenge, or just Schlonsky.com for the amazing resources, uh, the show notes, the transcript, all the podcast pages, and check out the podcast section on this page. Have a wonderful day. Please subscribe if you haven't already, and make sure you tune in to the next episode with Dondi, where she keeps sharing her amazing advice knowledge, wisdom, so you can be set up for your sales game in 2019 and have even more fun and serve more people. Thank you so much for tuning in and till next time. Bye for now.